0: Hey there, it's JVL on The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell. Today, we talked about the brand new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and also Dean Phillips, who's decided he's going to run against Joe 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 Biden for some reason. (laughs) Whatever. Here's the show. So uh, we have another Democratic challenger to Joe Biden. He jumped in yesterday. Uh, his name is Dean Phillips. He is a handsome man in a tech vest. Uh, I guess following the departure in the race of um, RFK Jr., Dean Phillips is going to carry them man. in. His campaign is being run by Steve Schmidt, uh, who briefly ran the... Uh, howard schultz starbucks campaign which was can you explain this to me because i don't understand it uh it it i i I legitimately don't understand it if you are a young democrat who thinks that like you know i i'm just gonna stop talking please talk
1: okay so here's the thing I do understand it. Like, I understand where this is coming from on a number of fronts. There is a genuine sense of panic uh, among As Democrats right now uh, about Joe Biden. Um, As there should be. Yeah. I would say, and we have talked about this a great many times, the time to lose your mind about this and freak out was like 10 months ago. There was no reason. I don't know. I I, I guess it's because there's been such consistent head-to-head polling That has got people so worried. And there is like there's when they do. It's not just the national polling. There's been swing state polling coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, Joe, they are either dead even or Joe Biden is a little bit behind or uh, RFK is getting 16 percent. And so I think they're just feel people feel like there are market signals saying somebody should get in here. Um, There are also a bunch of people who you know say like well if there's so many market signals uh and there's donors and there's like let's do this thing so um it is a uh i don't i don't it's not really worth talking about the the what is it like a lincoln project split here but you've uh do have sort of the the one side of the remnant lincoln project uh guys going saying which i think in this case correctly Uh, like they're all in for Biden to the extent where like they were critical of the idea of doing anything against Trump in the primary, which I think is stupid. I think uh, obviously we should have done everything we can to try not to to try to stop Trump at every stage. But also like this is sort of about accepting reality, a lot of what's going on right now. Um, And I think that uh, as much as I think it is, I am very much in the you should try all things category. Like I think that actually people who from the jump, assume that they can do nothing about a situation are the worst like that kind of fate accompli attitude is is not for me um but i think that you do have to be like aware of the information that is coming your way and like at the point at which you see this isn't working um or it's not going to work or the dynamics just are as concrete as they are like you got to accept that and i think this is um this is what's happening in the democratic pri- primary here where just People think, oh, no, there's still an opening. Like, Dean Phillips. uh, What's what's weird about Dean Phillips pitch. And this is sort of why that's just sort of, like, annoying on a personal level. I know him a little bit. I've been, like, on some Braver Angels panels with him because he's kind of, like, a moderate D. Nice guy. Uh, And I just, though, these things are—he's, like, suggesting—he is suggesting that— He's doing this to get other people to come in the race, right? He thinks what he's doing is trying to kind of break what is right now a, not a logjam, but like a psychological barrier to a good, healthy psychological barrier to the idea that you should challenge the incumbent president. Um, Now, I think that if Joe Biden 10, 11 months ago had said "What, what I thought needed to happen, the healthy thing that needed to happen was that Joe Biden stepped aside and said, like, and we're going to have an open primary in our party and I'm not going to endorse anybody or I'm going to, I am going to endorse somebody and it's going to be uh, not Gretchen Kamala Harris. Yeah, whatever. But, like, I just, the level of, to me, silliness and naivete around, oh, we're going to launch a national campaign against an incumbent president.
0: In late October.
1: In late October is really goofy. Uh, and we have some friends who think this is a good idea. Like we, there are there are people in our world who think like, well, yes, we should have this. Uh, I will just say, I if it is in my opinion that there is nothing but the only outcome here that is possible is that what you do is you 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 bolster the narrative, and and to be fair, this narrative is going to be there whether it's bolstered or not, but you you sort of concretize the narrative that Joe Biden is too old and too weak and been too captured by uh, the far left to win in a general election. Uh, and look, I think, that, I think that I wish Joe Biden was not the nominee. I just think we're, we're too far gone. Um, so that's, that's what I think about it. But th- there's an element of ego to this that drives me crazy. Right. Like that there's an opportunity. So, like, and I got to say, I did this right. Like we went around uh, me and me and Bill Kay uh, looking for a primary challenger for Trump. And the reason that we wanted a primary challenger to Trump is not because we thought that they were going to win. We thought they would weaken Trump going into a general election and that is what dean phillips is going to do to biden he's just going to weaken him and uh if look if there was some sense that like maybe biden was going to get out maybe you know whatever that this is um this is some of the this is this is very silly strategy it's destructive and bad and i am not here for it
0: uh all right let me ask a question yeah this is this is not a leading question it's a genuine question yeah I could see how a challenge to Biden from his left could hurt him. So Mm -hmm. if Bernie Sanders had primaried him or Elizabeth Warren had primaried him, that would have been catastrophic. Having a guy nobody has ever heard of, who's a moderate, who is unlikely to get any traction at all, probably doesn't weaken him maybe like is it possible that it has no effect on the race i do think
1: so i do think it is strongly possible that it has no effect like i actually think that dean phillips might end up being like a three-day story and he becomes uh,
0: marianne williamson i mean he's not marianne williamson but in terms of his impact on the race and
1: yeah that he sort of languishes in continued obscurity raises no money uh and in fact my guess is is that right now uh, he is receiving a lot of really, uh, unhappy phone calls from colleagues, from donors, from everybody else. Uh, my guess is Dean Phillips may be doing himself in <laughs> any of it. Like the idea that he's going to raise his profile and, um, and yeah, become that's sort not gonna of help
0: like, him long-term, right?
1: No, it is not going to help him. Which long-term. is a shame
0: because as you said, he's a moderate D. We yeah. like those, uh-huh. right? Need more of those.
1: I like I like Dean Phillips. I just um, yeah, I think that this probably, uh, you know, unlike in the Republican Party where there's like a mafia Don who would be like true thing that, you know, they're going to come take you out at the knees. Yeah, uh, that's not how Democrats are going to communicate. But I do think there's still an element of "Mm, you're doing a bad, destructive thing. And like we are we're done with you. We're not going to help you going forward. I'm
0: still much more concerned about no label, as I'm sure you are, right? The no as label I am. stuff I am, worries I am. Me much more than the the Dean Phillips stuff. Uh, all right, well, I mean, I'll here. You can help help me talk through here. I'm going to do a little bit of service here for you. This next segment is just for you, Sarah, because I'm going to have you help me talk through the newsletter I'm writing this morning, so that you won't have to read it over the weekend.
1: You know what's funny is that. The newsletter that I read the most often is your Friday one because I'll read it on Saturday morning because uh, mm. that's when I have more time to just sit around and read. And it is so funny to me how often your Friday newsletter is just what we've talked about. And it's clear that you are just using me I'm in the conversation you're, to you're workshop my, your <laughs> – ideas.
0: Uh, You know, it's a shame that you won't read yesterday's, my Thursday, because yesterday's was an absolute tour de force. Even Tim was like, yeah, that's really, you made a very convincing case.
1: Well, do you want to, so I did it when I saw, um, so I got to say, the last four days I've been like in a news, there's all this news that's happening and I'm in a news like uh, isolation chamber. Like I haven't seen any because I was at a three-day democracy conference followed by the live event. And so I was just like packed in there. Um and uh I also have like a very big thing I'm trying to write that I so like every minute I'm trying to Ooh, do that. For who? Uh <laughs> no, 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 it's I'm not just, it
0: Just trolling you. Yeah. Just uh, trolling you. You don't have to say. I'll tell you hey, about Jeff it later. Goldberg. It's I'm not really, for the Atlantic. Really it's not it's that not Sarah's writing this great piece for you. That's and not what it not is. Not better at all, Jeff. Not uh, bitter at not what all.
1: It is. Point is I had not read uh, and not not really honest, but when I saw when I saw it quickly come past that the new jobs report came out, or the, no, 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 it was the economic growth report, yeah, uh, showing that. And I was like, oh no, I'm gonna have to really hear. But uh, no, I was, first of all, I was like, this is great. Then I was like, JBL is gonna have a field day with this. Um, which so please have your day.
0: No, no, I, so I don't want to talk. You can read the piece. It was it's very very good. So. <laughs> I mean, it's. I've, if you I've do actually, say so yourself. I've been on a hot streak this week. This week in general, I've been crushing it, but yesterday's <laughs> was really fantastic. Um, I want to talk through what I'm writing today, though, which is oh. so there were two pieces of news which came out yesterday. The first is the uh, GDP growth numbers. Yep. Very strong, stronger than expected. Great news. Uh, second, Gallup. Approval rating on Biden
1: in the last drop, month, man.
0: he dropped 11 points Oof. among Democrats. Yeah, not. I mean, he dropped overall, but but he. So this is not like you know, oh, it's Fox News brain, or but like th- these are Democrats. He has just had one of the most successful months of his administration. He handled a very difficult foreign policy crisis as well as. Anybody in America could possibly have done. Uh, inflation has continued to abate. Job numbers, job growth last month up. This GDP report up. And 11, he loses double digits among Democrats. And this is, so this is what I'm, what I'm in a workshop with you right now. I want, I want people to hold two things simultaneously in their heads. The first thing, is that there was never going to be a stronger Democratic candidate than Biden, for a whole host of reasons. Anybody you want to say, like your fantasy Democrat, you know X, uh, A is untested, B is not does not have the advantages of incumbency, C doesn't have name ID, D can't you know isn't going to be able to raise money the way he is, and E, uh, you their floor is an absolute unknown, right? I mean, maybe they come on and they just shit the bed. Right. And it turns out that they can't handle it. They haven't been vetted fully. Who who knows?
1: Have right? you met there's this governor called Ron DeSantis? Yeah. Uh everyone was sure. They were sure he's yeah. gonna be great. Not great.
0: So Biden is the 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 best that Democrats had for a whole host of reasons. Uh two, so we have to hold three things in our hand. Um two, because we're doing video I'm now, like holding the other thing out here. Uh Biden has governed for the first part of his administration that we've seen yet about as well as any of us could have hoped. There have been um, mistakes. It has not been perfect. Uh, Afghanistan, the student loan debt executive order. Uh, you could make a case that the American Rescue Plan was either uh, too large and or gave too much money to state and municipals, um, and that this, this wound up doing in you know increasing inflationary pressure that was already present okay well not perfect lots of problems uh, but on the whole, governed in a bipartisan manner, passed a bunch of legislation that was popular, did it with bipartisan people uh, and and on issues that are again people like right people like gun reform people people like infrastructure spending and here's the third thing the mood in the country is so sour that Biden is going to be an underdog to Trump. Mm -hmm. He's just going to be. So all three of these and in the, so there are two fallacies, right? Two, two fallacies of how we look at the world and everybody has one of them. There is the, the fatalism fallacy. It's me, right? You look and you just say, this bad thing is coming and there's nothing we can do to avoid it because everything is bad. Uh, and then there's the optimism fallacy, which is, if there is a bad thing here, there must be a way around it. Oh, is that me? I mean, I'm not going to judge. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's you. Maybe it's not. That's a, that's a you question. That's not a me question. <laughs> and so I'm I'm very cognizant of my blind spots on this. Like, I understand that I'm a fatalistic guy, even so, and even really thinking hard about that. I think that like, th- this is where the, the alarm lights are flashing red again and that we have the best possible candidate for the sake of democracy. This candidate has governed very well. And for cultural and attitudinal and vibey reasons, even running against a guy who is terrible, who everybody has seen how terrible who he is, who is under indictment, et etc. et cetera, the guy who is pro democracy is going to be an underdog, and this is going to be a gigantic, gigantic fight. And uh, I don't know why the vibes are the way they are, but here's. So I wanted to a get your your take on those, like you know, the three things, my, my triangle of doom, my triangle of doom, and b I want to throw one idea at you, which is that the forces of democracy have been fighting this fight now for so long. 2018, 2020, 2022. And they've come up aces every one of those times. But just, people get exhausted, right? And, you know, asking asking all of these people, this coalition of like never Trumpers and Indies who like don't really tune in and Democrats and progressive far lefties who aren't really convinced that Trump is any worse than any normal Republican, asking them to all come through again. That's a big ask. And maybe this time it's not gonna happen. Would have been nice at some point if Republicans could have done any any work whatsoever to try to help, but they have declined to do so. And uh I don't know, like maybe this is this is how. Authoritarians win, right? They just, Anne Applebaum wrote about this very early. They just exhaust you, right? They exhaust society and they keep going.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you listen to the um, New Orleans show, but I talk about this early on uh, in, in relationship to the speakers race, right? Where Tim was kind of like, well, how, how did this happen? After three weeks of fighting and all this stuff and like, you know, all these you know Ken Buck said he would never vote for somebody who was an election denier here we got the guy organizing the efforts to overturn the election organizing Ken Paxton's uh, amicus brief to disenfranchise all the voters in the other states and throw them out this guy gets the nod and everybody votes for him why does that happen exhaustion right they're tired of the voting and they got worn down and somebody was like give me a clean cut guy with glasses who doesn't have a record that I don't have to be mad about And I'll vote for him. Um, And it's not because the and this is where I think that a bunch of people and either we talked about this somewhere, but this idea that like it was a bunch of centrists or like a governing wing that was opposing Jordan was never right. Like Jordan had just made many people too mad personally. Uh, There was only like one or two people who were opposing him on you know insurrectionist grounds. Um, So yeah, like that is the hardest thing. The hardest thing is that. It's and look, part of the reason I, I need to express something about how nobody should listen to the polls right now. The polls right now are meaningless. And that actually, this is why JVL, I think your bucket of like underdog, whatever, I don't and I'm not saying I'm not saying there's not underlying truth in it. And obviously, like, if you've been listening to the Focus group Pod, I am telling you about a very unenthusiastic democratic party very, um, you know, sort of backsliding, unhappy swing voters, that's all there. But like a bunch of the pieces that go into how people will be feeling by election day just aren't there yet. So for example, you know, uh, on the economic piece, just really quickly, Uh, obviously, I was thrilled to see the GDP news, um, in part because I think that public opinion is a lagging indicator of where things are for real. And so I think that we're a year out and if the economy continues to improve like this, like right now we're all just like annoyed that people don't see that on paper this economy is better. Like at some point the on paper kind of does hit people's sense of reality and that might not be for another eight months. But like if the economy is really in a good place, that is a big game changer, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Joe Let me tell Biden, you, when,
0: you know, in December of 2024, that's when people are going to decide the economy's great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to I'm going to hold out hope for October. I'm going to hold out hope for As October. As Trump is
0: inaugurated, he'll go, see, I fixed it.
1: Well, let's talk about Trump in this equation, too. So Trump, I see this all the time on the Focus Group pod, like people have just forgotten what they hate about Trump. Like he is out, he is not right in people's faces right now. He is over there on Truth Social, misspelling stolen, and, like, you know, kind of blabbing into the wind. Like, he's just preaching to a bunch of porn bots on Truth Social. And, like, that's going to be different when this guy's the nominee, and he is going to be back every day with widespread coverage uh, saying, like, saying insane things. Like, right now, to real- to see all the insane things he's saying, as like, he will ban people coming to the country who do not uh, believe in our religion. I don't know if you – do you know what our religion is? Anyway, not the point. Um, he's never been indicted. Uh, he's never so. been indicted. We might just – we might need to suspend the constitution. Uh, anyway, these are things that normal people are not seeing. Like they're just not seeing them yet. And so I just – I do want to urge calm. Not Here's the thing. I don't want to encourage sanguinity, sanguineness. I don't want people to be sanguine.
0: Hey, again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to Bulwark Plus and subscribe. We'd love to have you.